Welcome to Tool Talk, the weekly podcast for Toolaholics, where all your DIY, home improvement, automotive, and tool-related questions are answered, and your need, physical need to talk tools is completely served. And now, the host of Tool Talk, Chuck Cage and Sean O'Hara from Toolmonger.com, the web's first tool blog. Welcome to Tool Talk, podcast number 49. Today is Monday, January 5th, 2009. Welcome to the new year. Yay! If you'd like to give us a call, you can call us at 866-718-9403. That's 866-718-9403. Or you can email us at ckage or s-o-h-a-r-a at toolmonger.com. Tool Talk is brought to you by Craftsman. Visit the Garage of Knowledge at craftsman.com. There's a craftsman in all of us. That's Chuck. I'm Sean, by the way. Oh, yes. Sorry. I'm I'm off today. (laughs) Chuck, not appearing in this podcast. I'm just pissed off because it's it's too cold out to be in the shop and it's wet. Well, the the cold really doesn't bother me. It's the humidity, the sleet, the ice. We can't do it. Yeah, it's real bad. It blows. It's like humidity is 80% and it's 30 degrees here. It's it's <laughs> The stain is uncomfortable and so are you. <laughs> yeah, unless you like weeping Welcome stain. Welcome to hell. Yeah, it's not <laughs> happening. So, yeah, we're a little cranky. But uh, other than that, it's uh, it's not a bad new year, at least to start off with. Yeah, anyway. not too bad. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, We have a top five if you, uh, if you want to start off with that. No problem. So, uh, to begin the top five, we have we start off with uh, number five, Rockler's Lowbuck Veneer Smoothing Blade. Yeah. And uh, basically what this is is, um, well, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a, It looks sort of like a putty knife or something like that, and it's uh, used to smooth out the veneer of uh, uh, a newly created project and get everything all kind of scraped and flat and and uh good to go and i thought it looked kind of cool it seemed like uh and and you know it was less that i thought it was this awesome tool <clears throat> though I, from rockler it's probably probably okay good at what for it's this, for yeah. you know yeah the thing the reason i posted this was because i just don't know dick about <laughs> veneer i just don't and and i think it would be really handy for the kind of stuff we do you yeah. know there are situations where we could accomplish things we want to accomplish without you know, without having to spend an arm and a leg, if we knew, you know, how to do veneer. So I thought it was interesting. The old fashioned way of doing veneer, I looked up and I'm like, yeah, right. We're not doing that. <laughs> That's not happening. I know there is a way <laughs> that people do this. I mean, I'm sure that was really cool, you know. In the 50s. Right. But, you know, we have technology now that's going to keep me from having to do that. So anyway that was really why i posted it was i was hoping to draw out some commenters who would have something interesting to <laughs> something say about cool. veneer yeah some gems yeah it's uh it, you've been hot on veneer since i told you we were you know i was going to start doing woodworking seriously i've and, been hot on veneer ever since we went to the wood shop and you saw and lace wood veneer. and i discovered that i could get like <laughs> any kind of wood in veneer for like reasonable prices like if you wanted a lace wood desktop you could have it yes you could you know it's just it's not that expensive yeah but honestly, I think it's less. I'm less likely to have a lacewood desktop than I am like, I don't know, to use some oak on the ends of something to make a, a an easy build bookcase or, you know, or something that just a, a situation with some of the stuff that we've done where it would be really handy to not have to work trim in a particular area. 
You know? Well, maybe, although with oak, uh, especially since we can get every type of oak, including the oak ply and everything, yeah, yeah, it doesn't true. really make sense to use veneer and oak uh, as far as some of our projects go. However, it might make sense to use it in something like, you know, maple or birch or yeah, you know, right. something like that. Or any number of things. You know, yeah. You know? I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, you could you could have a Coco Bolo, you know, one for all. <laughs> anyway, you know? Yeah. But anyway, that's kind of why I posted, I guess, was because I feel like, I don't know, it would be handy. There are things we could do that we can't do now. Sure. You know? Sure. So uh, that's uh, that's number five. Uh, number four was uh, another one of yours. Super stubbies, all grip, half oh, the those size. Those are so cool. Yeah, I mean, oh, these those are, are awesome. These are pretty cool. If you've never seen them, they're like the full handle of a screwdriver, right? But they get the little stub. Nub. Yeah, normally stubbies have like about an inch long handle, which is great because you need those two stuff them in can, places, right. And everything's cool. But a lot of times, you're really looking for an in between. You know, you've got more space than you need for just the little stubby but you know not as enough for a full-size screwdriver and you need a large screwdriver right you know the the large you need, blade yeah you need the large blade and a big grip yeah so this is like the standard handle with the little stubby you know stubby shaft and blade which works good if you're you know, yeah you haven't got a lot of space it's too much you know not enough for a full screwdriver but enough you can get this thing down in there <laughs> yeah and it's, it's stuck, awesome you and know? you can wail on something with it because you got that big grip on it you yeah. get gloved hands on it and all that good stuff and it is good what i didn't know until i happened to come across them on uh the the Sears site on sale was that they make a torque set <laughs> that's pretty cool you know i mean i got I don't know, two or three copies of each of the standard and Phillips, but right. I'm going to go get one of the torque sets. Cause hell, I mean, it's only like 10 or 15 bucks. Yeah. And until you've tried to work out a stubborn, you know, anything torques, you know, that, that you don't have something that works for it, It's a pain in the ass. And you know, you've got, you've got like the little, uh, Allen wrench style torque oh, yeah. things. And those are not going to hack it. <laughs> You're trying to tick around getting stuff out. It ain't going. I just think it'd be cool. I have to admit, though. I mean, you know what would be really cool is if they made one with a uh, with a uh, with a quarter inch square drive on it. Yeah, you know, with yeah. like a, about a half inch of of shaft on it and a mm-hmm. qu- and a quarter inch square drive, so you could use it as a nut driver. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean that would be awesome because then you could just put whatever the hell you wanted on it. Yeah, they ought to do that. I mean, I have the the big one, you know, the standard. Well, sure. But it would be cool for them to make the stubby version as well. I'm surprised somebody doesn't. I'm sp- yeah, you, well, who knows? Yeah, I mean, you, you you never you never know. But I I haven't seen one. That's that's actually surprisingly. Yeah, it would useful. be Eddie. Wouldn't yeah, it? that would that would be useful. Well, I would buy me one think of, of that is that I have a set of Torx. <laughs> <laughs> I have a set of Torx sockets, so it would be I could just stick them right on there. I'd be good. Yeah. But no. <laughs> but no. Uh, let's see here. Uh, number three, zipping right through them, is a universal clamp for small projects. And this is basically like a, a six-inch clamp that uh, holds weird-ass shapes Anything. together. Yeah. And uh, it's it's almost a gimme. If we if we post about a clamp, oh, yeah. it will make the top five. Well, yeah, because clamps are probably some of the most useful tools in the shop, most commonly used tools oh, yeah. in the shop. And I mean, not just a wood shop. Yeah, I mean, you know, anything, you know, you can never have too many clamps. Yeah. And that's I mean, it's a cliche, but it's also freaking true. Yeah. I mean, we've got, I don't know, probably I can't even think how many wood clamps in the shop. Right. Oh, yeah. And we've got I we've got at least 
20 or 25 metal clamps yeah for welding yeah of various shapes and sizes and i mean if there i mean we've got everything from six foot bar clamps to <laughs> little itty bitty tiny you know uh metal clamps you know that are less than an inch throw yeah, right you know? i mean so this is you can do a lot of stuff with and you have to if you ever if you're out in the shop doing projects you are going to run into funky problems that you need an extra pair of hands that cannot that can a squeeze harder than you. Yeah, b oh, won't yeah. let go, and c allow you to do something that you can't you wouldn't ordinarily be able to hold together. So this is extremely useful, and clamps in general will get you a project done faster. And <laughs> <laughs> no, having the right clamps. Yeah, I mean you have to have them for a lot of things you do, but yeah. having a variety that you can use the right one for the job, that is a big deal. And I don't care what it is you're doing either, what kind of work you're doing. I mean, like with welding, I mean, we have, I don't know, probably five or eight different kinds of clamps. Yeah. Not counting different sizes of the same. Right. Different types of yeah, clamp. Right. Yeah. So that if you're trying to hold a plate from the edge or you're trying to hold two pieces together at a right angle or you're trying to hold blah, blah, blah. Same thing with uh, with wood. You have, yep. you know... You have trigger clamps, you have bar clamps, you have the bar trigger clamps, you yeah, have squeeze clamps, corner clamps, all kinds of oh, stuff yeah. that, that just you need to do and you need to have to make stuff work. Absolutely. And if you don't, you run into problems. Yeah, either you can't do it or it's just an incredible pain in the ass. Yeah. One or the other. Yeah. And uh, sometimes both. And it's uh, so clamps are always one of those things that make the top five. And this one's no exception. So, I mean, it, it clamps weird things together. So, um, really, that's that's awesomeness. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, let's see here. Uh, marking gauge uses actual pencil. It's uh, number two. Oh, um, yeah, right. This was the one that instead of like having some stupid little off brand, you got to buy it with the thing. You just stick a normal pencil in it, right? Right. You know, and this is actually strangely insightful what a great idea <laughs> what's one of the fabulous idea like, <laughs> and that's the thing i mean everything golf doesn't pencils. have to be like freaking uh you know like freaking razors you know right you will make the money on the blades you know it's like don't make me use weird ass stuff yeah i'll i'll pay you the extra three bucks yeah for the two pencils you would have gotten out of me before i got mad and threw it away right you know or yeah. just don't buy it in the first place <laughs> Yeah, and I have pencils, so yeah, there you go. You know, I'll admit that the the only compass I now have, I have a compass in the shop. And sure, I yeah, literally, yeah, I literally have one of those like fifty cent school compasses. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> they know, work. It works. You know, anything under you know, uh, uh, I, I think it's like uh, a fourteen inch circle. It, it'll do. You know, so which is good for most of the stuff that I'm doing. I mean, some of the bigger stuff, yeah, I'm kind of screwed. But no, you're not because you but, use string. Yeah, I mean, but, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I mean, I did a, a, a four or foot a nail arc, you and know? a piece of wood. Yeah, and a piece. Of, I mean, there's all kinds of ways to get it done. But the the quick little fifty cent uh, uh, compass, yeah, sure. works fine for Absolutely. the little stuff. And this thing looks like a great idea for for some of that. So I was I was like, huh, imagine that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of cool. Good ideas. Exactly. Um, the first one was probably number my, one. Uh, yes. Number one was probably my favorite uh, from last week. And that is uh, our TM's 2008 favorites, the Fluke 77 multimeter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, this one drew him out of the woodwork um, and us as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you've never used uh, a Fluke multimeter, um, 
it is to meters, at least in my opinion, because I'm going to take some heat over this. It is to meters as Porsche is to cars. <laughs> you know, I, um, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I, I don't because because it's not funky and breaks a lot right. and yeah, and Ferrari, hard to fix. You know, no, I I would say I would say like like Cadillac. You know, I don't know. It's a little better than that because no no because it's not fancy. What it is is really really durable and really really functional. You know, well it is durable. And you know what functional. I mean? Yeah. And, and maybe Cadillac. So I don't know what the good example is, but the trick is, is it's not like when, when you say it's like even the Cadillac or like the Porsche or something of it, I always think it's fancy and has cool stuff glued on it or something, you know, more like vet, like per- yeah, it's, performance. Right. And, right. And reliability. And reliability. That's, that's it. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. I mean, this it's thing, badass. I'm not arguing that. Yeah, I'm just I mean, saying it is, it is incredibly cool and it just, it just doesn't die. I mean, there isn't, <laughs> There isn't anything, and it's got. It comes with this cool case, you know, and it's it's like this hard you can rubber drop case from space. Yeah, I mean, I know personally that it's been dropped out of, uh, you know, on a a uh, uh, God, what is that thing? The big cargo plane the Air Force uses. C um, five. Yeah, it's been dropped out of the cockpit of one while it was on the ground because you know it was being serviced and the radio was being serviced, Oops. and it, it it bounced six feet once it hits back up. Once it hit the ground, yeah, you I know, mean, and it was fine. Me. Yeah, it is, and it's very difficult to hurt it. And it's, I mean, it's just sturdy. When you when you change the first of all to change the battery, you got to unscrew all four screws, take the front plate off of it, and the battery's in this like case, you know, this hardened <laughs> case, you know, so it can't you, leak and screw it up, yeah. right? I mean, it's because it, you don't change the battery in a multimeter very often. No, it doesn't really draw a lot of juice. No, and and it's, I mean, the one I had was good, like past where the battery said it would expire, you know, and I used it for like three years, you know, it was no problem. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost invulnerable. It's got this incredibly cool, uh, case to it and it just does everything. It's set up so you can use it for a bench. You can use it if you're, you know, a lineman, you can use it if you're an electrician. I mean, it's got the, it's got the whole holders for the probes. It's got the straps so you can wear it around your neck and, you know, kind of rest it on your gut and use it, you know, that way. Um, you can use it as, uh, you know, attach the probes to either side of the case and start terminating things with, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of ways to use it. And it lasts forever, and it's you know it's covered under all kinds of warranties, which you'll never have to use. See, it's one of those tools where you know, really, it's it's owned and pur- purchased and owned mostly by professionals, right? But this is one of those situations where I think it would make perfect sense to buy one for home shop use, right? Because it would essentially be the last multimeter you'll ever buy. Yeah, I I received it as a gift, like I said, when I was sixteen. And I've just never had another meter. It's never occurred to me that I needed one because I don't. I have know? like a. I have. I have three. I have one that's a well, two and a half. <laughs> None, if you want to look at it <laughs> yeah. that way. I have one uh, that that I could swear is made of Bakelite. <laughs> um, that I had when I was a kid that I kind of keep around, and and the battery's dead. And I didn't bother to switch it out. And then I have I have one that's kind of a mediocre one right that i bought for like 20 bucks at one point mm-hmm. and then i have that crappy yellow one which i got for like a buck at harbor freight right and uh it's the one that other people in the shop use <laughs> you gotta be sure <laughs> there you go <laughs> so when they fry it it's not my problem you know right um 
but yeah, I am thoroughly envious of your your fluke. <laughs> well, people ask, like, can I borrow? It? No, no. <laughs> can I use it? No. You know, yeah. I mean, it's not like they could hurt it, but I'm not really inclined to let them try either. You know, it's. I I'm mean, with you. This is uh, when when people when people say, "Do you have a meter? You can. I'll bring it over." Yeah. You know, I'll use it with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's awesome. And they're like, oh, "I got this meter." I'm like, "No, you don't." You know, it's, well, I mean, it's they great work. Meter, you know? I mean, they work. The thing is, is I can get some stuff done with my crap, you know, right. but, but when it comes down to, and, and honestly, most of the crap we do around the shop, they work okay for it. They it's work not fine. Like, you know, there's not an accuracy issue that's really applicable to us. You know, we're doing the, how dead is the battery? We're doing yeah. the, is there a connection here? Is there a connection here? Right. Which yeah. is, you know, you could do with my garbage, but uh, the things I like about yours are the fact that, A, you can do more if you needed to. Right. And, B, it lasts forever. Yeah, I it like does. that a lot. Yeah, it does. Um, I never have to think about, is it going to work? Is it, I mean, is the battery in it good? That's the only thing you have to do. And if it's not, <laughs> you just change it, and it's fine. Um, but it just has so many, like, little features that incorporate everything that that you need like the the digital swing meter right oh yeah that's cool i mean it's real cool i mean you it's kind of bs but like old school electricians they they want that yeah i mean it's hardcore they want that oh yeah and uh you know like my dad was you know this is an old time electrics guy he that's what he he digs he's like look at this you know i'm like okay cool you know and and he's like it's not really important until you're trying to do this on a you know transmitter and a freaking you know f-111 you know and like then it's important (laughs) you're like great (laughs) i'm like okay well right on that well when that happens i'll let you know you know but uh you know you know what it reminds me of though this is really funny i i have this old uh pentax camera you know the k1000 the one that wow yeah i've i've actually seen that i think yeah yeah and uh, the funny thing about it was, and I haven't used it, it's the advent of digital cameras now. Yeah, you know? it's kind of been relegated to the It's in the closet. The closet yeah. But about, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years ago, you know, um, uh, my girlfriend was, was there and, and, and we were trying to take a picture of something in the yard. And uh, yeah. And <laughs> did, you, did you break out the Pentax? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was funny because she had this cool point and shoot and it didn't work. You know, because the battery was dead or something right. was wrong with it. You're like, I have an answer to this. I'm like, huh, okay, well, I could probably figure this out, you know? So I, and, and this is back when I, it was relatively close to when I'd been using it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I grabbed it and, and looked at it and thought, huh, okay, loaded it up and came out and uh, looked around and kind of took a few guesses and, and, and set it up and, and started shooting, you know? And I, I was shooting like four shots of each thing that she had wanted. Right. And uh, she's like, is the battery dead? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what does the battery do? It runs the light meter. <laughs> That's why we're shooting multiple shots of everything <laughs> in case I guessed wrong. <laughs> oh, it'll work. <laughs> I mean, everything else on the camera is actually completely manual. Mechanic. Yeah, yeah. The only thing electronic on the camera is the light meter. And yeah, the battery's dead. So the light meter has a manual work. setting. <laughs> You set it manually, but the meter works. The S-stop changes the iris. Yeah, exactly. Focus moves the lens. Everything else, you know, you wind it up. Uh Uh-huh. It's like... Real simple. It's kind of funny how it works. Yeah. And in a way, in a way, I mean, it's kind of cool, but I I, I guess all that's negated by the fact that, you know, you can't develop the stuff at home, or even if you can, (laughs) it's not something you'd want to do. Yeah. I did for a while, but that's just... Yeah, it's kind of nasty yeah. and icky, and you got to 
Get and I love the stuff. yeah with the digital stuff. It's just it's way better. Plug and go. Absolutely, you, know, you get access to and you know try as you might. I don't care what how big the roll of film is, man. Yeah, it's you, never big enough. It's never big enough. And and you know this stuff is. I mean, the digital stuff is just huge. Thousands of pictures on one little card. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. So uh, reusable. Oh yeah. So uh, that's. I mean, that's kind of the. the yeah, but you get it. You see at. the comparison. Yeah. It's like. Oh yeah. It's you like, pick it up and it works. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's. It doesn't matter what happens. It's. <laughs> it's going to work. It's going to work. And and they're like, is it accurate? I'm like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be fine. You know, where'd you get that? I'm like, I don't know. It was a gift. You know. And so are all ten of the uh, uh, the of our picks out. Uh, there is one left, uh, and it is probably your favorite. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. But uh there's there's one left and uh it's it's coming out uh, I think um tomorrow or the day after, I can't remember what awesome. it is. Awesome. So we got uh we got that coming up, but yeah, there's there's this was the like the seventh uh of them. So nice. yeah, it was nice. It's a good meter. That- I'm amazed people didn't give me crap about the tool cart. I was just, I was sure people were going to give me crap about the tool cart. Oh, I don't think so, man. And, uh, everybody... everybody was like, "Yeah, cool. tool carts are cool." You know, yeah. <laughs> sweet. You always, we always wind up to take crap on our favorites. Yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised the uh, the the compressor didn't. I mean, the compressor got nothing, you know. But I guess uh, uh, that's the thing about the compressor, though. It wasn't exciting. It would. It just does its thing day in, day out, and enables us to do the things we need to do in the shop. You know? Right. So that one, but you know, no reaction. The meter, on the other hand, which I thought people were going to give me crap about, I was I was putting on my shield and my helmet to <laughs> to to defend it. And you know, everybody was like, "Oh, I had one of those." You well, know, they're going to hate our our honorable mentions. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> probably that'll be fun though. Yeah, it will. But uh, yeah, so that was the top five for this week. project this week really actually you did a project this week well no we we did we yeah. did a project yeah you that's know. true that's um, true um and uh, uh it was funny you did part of the second half i did part of the first <laughs> half but whatever you know um really cool though it was one of the craftsman sponsored projects that we did um and we used some of the craftsman tools yes but uh, uh really cool project this is one of those projects that i think uh is going to see coverage later because it's the prime example I think of the Sean woodworking philosophy <laughs> of which I am a, a big fan. Well, we made a bookcase and uh, it's people complain a lot about, you know, Oh, you got to make furniture. It's, it's oh, huge yeah. and difficult and people bitch and, about this bookcase design, but yeah. it is a great bookcase design. I think that this design is the kind of thing it, it has all, the things that I think are important in this kind of project. You see so many projects on sites and it's like, you could build this bookcase. It's going to cost you $700. You need 2000, 3000, $5,000 in tools to do it. You need skills that you don't have mm-hmm. and that you're not going to be able to get anytime soon. And time you can't possibly clear. Right. And know? in the end, what this means is that you are back at 
you know, freaking your way buying melamine covered cardboard to put your books in. Right. And this is BS, you know? I mean, a crappy bookcase is 40 or 50 bucks. Right. A cra- a decent big bookcase is 2 or 300 bucks. And I'm not talking about wood. I'm yeah. talking about particle, particle board. board. Yeah. You know? That's going to warp. Oh yeah, or fall apart, you right. know? And 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 here you have a design that virtually anybody can make with a modicum of skills. And they can learn them on the first one, and it'll still be usable. Yeah. And it can be built for about, this was a seven foot four bookcase. Um, I can't 92 remember. inches, whatever that yeah. is. I think it's like seven, eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a big bookcase. Yeah, it's not right? small. And it, it's it's just shy of, it's like 30 inches, right? 34. Right. And, and seven shelves in it, mm-hmm. which is a lot. Yeah. I mean, most people aren't going to put that many in it. No. And this thing can be built for about two hundred bucks, mm-hmm. less if you're careful. Yeah, but easily two hundred dollars, and with a cirque saw, a uh, and I, I'm talking just a, well, you could see. I mean, the yeah. one that we used was in the favorites last year. Yeah, and it's the same one. It's the same <laughs> saw. Um, Twenty five dollars going strong. A couple of straight edges. A uh, uh, a. Uh, random orbital sander mm-hmm. uh, belt sander would help you don't have to have it yeah we call it the forcible fitment tool <laughs> exactly uh, <laughs> laugh if you want it works, <laughs> <But> it works. <laughs> it's just like it's just like the comment on the blog when somebody saw you using a uh, a level as a uh, as a straight edge and they're like those levels are always warped you don't want to use those and it's like dude you're cutting with a cirque saw on you're plywood. not going to be any more accurate <laughs> Your accuracy is well within the straightness of that level. Your half a millimeter is That's fine. what the belt saw is for. The belt yeah. sander is for. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. like, if, if, you're, if your greatest problem is like half a millimeter off from that level, uh, you know, you, you don't need to be worrying about anything else. It's it's fine. If that's the best you got, then you're you're going to be okay. Um, what what happens is, you know, a lot of people use straight edges like, uh, you know, they'll use an old board or something like that, which is worse. Oh, hey, look, you for know? the long cuts, we're using a piece of one inch square tube. Yeah. You yeah. know, steel. Yeah. Because we just have a bunch of it in the welding shop. You know, also, I mean, if you really <laughs> want to. pieces longer than eight feet. So we're yeah. like, sweet. We'll sweet. cut one about you know? eight foot, six inches. You know, if you good. really want to get technical about it, I used to use a uh, uh, aluminum I-beam level, which does not warp. You know, but but you know, again, we're talking the kind of accuracy that's required for your method of building these bookcases is not great, and that's one of the uh, that's one of the advantages of it. I mean, we're not claiming that this is heirloom stuff that you're going to pass on to your kids or anything. I'm. It's just way better than the crap you could buy for for half again the money. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to go and purchase a bookcase, and you can. First of all, you're not going to be able to find one that has the same amount of storage space this does per per square foot. Second, you're you're going to be paying, or you know, if you want it to be actual wood, uh, you're looking at four to six hundred bucks. You know, that's stained and looks nice and everything. And this is nowhere close to that. So, this is this is this is not about you know woodworking technique. This is about having a bookcase, right? You know, quickly. And for what it's worth, uh, I- even if you were not familiar with this at all, I would be willing to say that virtually anybody could build this bookcase over the course of a week and a half or two weeks of evenings mm-hmm. playing around with it. And that's considering, I mean, to put it in perspective, Sean can build one of these bookcases in a day. Yeah. 
You know, a good. It's a long day. Yeah, but but I mean, he can go from like start to stain. Yeah, in a day. in a day. Yeah. So I'm saying that if you don't know squat about anything and you have to figure it all out, you could build one of these bookcases in a couple of weeks, and your next one wouldn't take anywhere near that long. No, no. In fact, the first one I did is still in my in my house right now. Actually, there's a picture of it I, on the site. I don't think you told everybody. No. No. But but I I recognize one of the pictures at <laughs> that corner. I'm like that's Sean's book. You know how I knew because there was trim on the side of it. Yeah, and it's gold note. Yeah, which is my favorite probably. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and, and the other thing about these, and this is something that uh, I'm probably going to start a Sean rant here, but and you've heard it before, you know, so feel free to fast forward if you've heard this rant before. If you haven't, listen carefully because it's really important, and that's that. We get a lot of requests for plans. Uh, Could you give us plans? I need plans and a tool list. And a materials list and a breakdown. Yeah, and and it's like, okay, look, you know, the whole point of this is that you build your bookcase, not our bookcase. Right. Because I got to tell you, this bookcase was designed to fit in a specific room. Yeah. It's designed to fit with others, which is why it's 34 inches long. Mm -hmm. I mean, 34 inches wide. And no side trim. No side trim because it's it's designed to fit with others in a space. I mean it's 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 seven foot eight inches long. I mean who the hell does that? Yeah, there's a somebody reason. that has a bend in the wall at eight feet. You know, <laughs> I mean it's just that's why we built that this way. I mean, you need to build a bookcase that fits your needs. Maybe you want a six foot bookcase. Maybe you want less uh, shells, more shells, fatter, wider, right, deeper. I mean it doesn't really matter. Right. What's What's important, and the whole reason to do this is to save money and get exactly what you need. Absolutely. Absolutely. You you know, you want... Well, anyway. And the trick here is that if you listen to Sean when he writes these, he's actually giving you all the information you need to build it. Just because there's not an exploded diagram next to it... Right. ...does not mean that he has not given you all the information you need to build this bookcase. You know? I mean... You could build this bookcase eight inches shorter, and it would make virtually no difference. Right. You know, you could you could build it deeper, whatever. The important part is the basic layout of it, where the trim goes, how it goes together. And to be honest, the part that I think most people would have the hardest trouble figuring out just building a bookcase on their own, which you figured out really well, is the bottom of it. Yeah. If you look at how the bottom is put together, that's cool. That's the part that you probably couldn't figure out just looking at it. The rest of it, hell, you could look at it and build it. Yeah, the bottom shelf is is both there for structure. It's also, most people don't realize that, but bookshelves have, the shelf is raised up a little bit so that you can put trim around the bottom and do some other things. But the bottom shelf is always the one that has to hold depleted uranium. Yeah, because you know? you're going to put the big-ass coffee table the books big, down there. big, just monster books back there have to be there. And if you're not careful and if you don't build it right, you can get a bottom shelf that sags. Yeah. And that is right. the worst ever. I mean, it's worse than any other shelf in the thing. And also, a lot of people don't realize that uh, the back and the center shelf uh, should be fixed on. And that's where most of your strength comes from. You know, because it's just like the IKEA stuff where the back, like, <laughs> makes it not fall over on itself well the back makes this stronger than steel you know because yeah, you got true. you got glue running around there and about oh, seven thousand yeah. fasteners and you know the center shelf is fixed so that you know it's not it's you know a solid piece of gear and once you get that stuff on there and you you trim on it and everything you're basically done you know this yeah is, i mean and and you know uh, there will be more information as time goes on about this i'm sure yeah. but 
I just wanted to let everybody know, take a look at this. I mean, the questions that you really want to ask, the questions that come from a person, just from our end, when we receive questions like this, we know somebody's going to build it. Right. When you get the question that's like, can you give me this with plans and material lists? That's a person who's going to look at it and dream about it. You know, right. the person who asks questions like, how do you adjust fitment of of the shelves? Right. You know, how, how do... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How does the bit on the on the router work to make that outside trim? Right. You know, what should I get and, and how big is the spacer? You know, I mean, that's... Are there any tricks to making the long cuts without tearing the plywood up? Yeah. These are these are people who are going to build it. And, yeah. and there are. There are tricks to that. Yes. You know? You know, I mean, if I screw one up and, and, you know, misalign something and every, how do I get it back apart, you know? And don't think it doesn't happen. I mean, just, oh, to, yeah. <laughs> just to put it all in perspective, I mean, it was funny. I, I put a couple of these bookcases together and just got real lucky and nothing happened. No problems. Mm-hmm. You know, Sean was putting the one together you saw in the picture and uh, just about took his hand off with a router. Yep. Um, you know, that little Colt trim router caught a piece and... Uh, they caught a crack with a knot. Yeah. And and decided it couldn't get through that and, and went the only direction it could, which is back at me. Sean flung the router and <laughs> the whole thing across the shop, has all his fingers and, and, and gut and everything else, and uh, went over, unplugged it, cleaned it up, and uh, figured out what was going on. But the, the, the real downside of all this is, of course, since Sean is okay, is that it chewed a big piece out of the front of the bookcase. Yep. Uh, which meant that he had to pull the front of the bookcase apart. So if you're ever thinking in terms of, well, what happens when I screw it up? Well, you fix it. Yeah. And you learn a lot about things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I probably could not have pulled apart the glued and and nailed front piece off of, off of the bookcase and got it back on without it looking like crap. Uh, Sean, on the other hand, having... Haven't screwed up a couple things already. Oh, Haven't done a, a lot of this. <laughs> Actually, did it no problem. The pictures you could see it looks fine, and and uh, that's that's try too. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's the one thing I will tell you is don't wait until the glue sets. Yeah, the fa- and the, this is a good I think argument for for building it in a day if you can because you have a lot more room. Yeah, to deal with problems. Yeah. Or just don't do any routing on the front of it if you're concerned. <laughs> Or do them before you put it on, although you got to measure a lot better and a lot, you know, a lot more fastidiously, I should say. Just, <laughs> you know, that that kind of stuff happens. I like to, you know, kind of grip it and rip it and go, you know. And, and it works. And it works great. But uh, there there are other methods to do this, and I'm not saying this is the only way to do it. And, and if you're like a, a hard, cool hand tool guy who builds it over a course of a year, that's awesome. I have not got that kind of time, and, you know... I, I got stuff to do and books laying on the floor. So uh, this is this is not cool. So, you know, I my first bookcase, which is like two and a half years old now. That's fine. Um, man, it's as good as the day it was built, and, and it's fine. I'm sure it'll last another 20. You know, it's it's not really going anywhere. It's not rickety in any way. And, and uh, this is the type of, I mean, is it heirloom furniture? No, of course not. But it will do what it's designed to do and look good doing it. So if you get a chance, check out this post because it's really cool. I thought Sean did an incredible job of like showing you pictures of the things you actually need to see. Not just, look, it's a pretty bookcase with happy people around it. (laughs) No, I mean, it's crap like, you know, here's how you fill a nail hole. And I love that triple picture that shows it before, during, and after. Oh, yeah. It's stuff like that. You just look at the picture and you know how to fill a nail hole. Yeah, it's no problem. It's just not a big deal. 
yeah. there's a lot of stuff like that. It's a cool it's a cool article. Look carefully and you'll find that you have all the information you need. Yes. To build so a bookcase. It's uh and this is there'll there'll be more on this type of construction and, and oh, yeah. what you do and, and how that now I also will say if you don't want rails in your bookcase, I personally I hate the rails. I think they're evil and the incarnate <laughs> of, of evil itself. Um, there are more than, than one way to skin a cat with that. There's there's like 15 different ways to affix shelves to a, a bookcase. So, uh, you know, look to the future on, on me expounding on some of that. But uh, other than that, uh, it was... It was a pretty simple project that doesn't have to take long, and you get a lot out of it. Indeed. Uh, so uh, uh, have fun if you ever choose to, to do that. And if you do, drop a line and, and uh, show us how it came out and, and oh, hell yeah. what it looks like, you know, because there's just because, you know, you built one doesn't mean it's going to look anything similar to what we have here. Hell yeah. And if you have questions, you can call them in here, and I promise you will answer them. Damn right. One last little bit that I just wanted to point out. Over the break, I had the time to do just a couple little crappy things. I won't even say what they are. Just crappy little things around the house. Things that I had uh, I had been too busy to get to or I thought I was too busy to get to. And I realized that in a lot of cases, some really small changes around the house can make a huge difference in how you live. Hell yeah. And this is something that I think is very toolmonger. You know, just because they're all not, you know, Tim Taylor kind of projects, you know, mm-hmm. just because you're not building some huge thing or rewiring your house or some garbage doesn't mean that there aren't things that you can just get off your ass and do and make your life better. You know, a lot of times you can solve something without spending any money at all or with spending almost no money. You know, it could be as simple as rearranging a room or, you know, Fixing some little thing that you can easily fix with crap in the shop. Wiring a switch. Yeah. So you have right. a dimmer on it. Right. You, you know, know you, you're you always pissed because a light's too bright. Well, put a dimmer on it. It takes, you know, it takes a half an hour. Yeah. You know, and and now for the next year, you're happier in that room. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And and you're the king of this. That's why I'm saying it, because Sean always does this. If Sean doesn't like it, he'll fix it, you know? Yeah, right now. Yeah, right now, it's quickly as possible. It's not going to be sexy. It's no. not going to be the best in the world, but it's going to work, and it's going to improve everything that, that it's supposed to, and it makes you happier, and your, your home is a better place to be because of that. Yeah, and I know some of you out there are like, I know this. Why are you telling me this? Well, this isn't for you, okay? You can just stop now. You don't need to hear <laughs> And then some of you are saying, well, I don't have time to do that crap. And, and, and you're the people I'm talking to because, yes, you do. I mean, yes, you do. It's not – It's not. a lot of these things are not time-consuming major projects. They're just little things that you can do. And let me tell you, this is coming from Chuck who who has some trouble with this. And I'm not picking on you Oh, at no, all. I do. That's you why, have some trouble with this. That's why I'm bringing it up. You, you know? know, I mean, because you'll be, oh, man, I'm so buried and I got to do this. And, you know, I'm like, all right. You know, Sean will come over and, like, grab me and be like, we're going to do this. And we'll. It, it, this is how it got started. And, and he's like, we are going to do this. And we put a dimmer in, you know. Yeah. And it's like, holy crap. My room is cool what now. What the hell is wrong with me, you know? Yeah. And then I find myself doing other things like cleaning up a room or or, or fixing some little crap that I, I, I wanted, you know, or. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying that if there's anything that you do this year different than last year, you meaning people listening, obviously you're already doing this, Sean. 
you know, <laughs> is is just take those little things. When you're sitting in, in a room in your house and something ain't right. You're like, it sucks because of X. Then fix it. Yeah. And if the if the solution that you come up with is too big, it requires more than a few months to get to the solution. Come up with another one. Right. Because there almost always is one. Fix a piece of it. Just, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, focus on something that you think can can change that is not the entire thing and then do that and then do another oh, yeah. piece of it. Um, it really doesn't matter. And also think creatively on the, the solutions you have. If your kitchen, for instance, will just use me as an example, yeah, is yeah. a freaking mess and you can't get anything. And when you open cabinets, everything falls on you and just rolls around the, the, the floor. And, you know, this is a problem. This is easily, you know, fixable. Yeah, first thing Sean did, and this he's obviously talking about the pull-out drawer project, which is on Toolmonger. Right. You know, he went to Lowe's and found one. For like sixty bucks, and it was seventy crappy. bucks. Yeah, and he's like, "I'm not. I don't have sixty bucks right now. I just don't. You know, yeah, the economy's crappy. I don't have any money. Christmas time, and it's just there's no way. You know? So you know, he rolls back and builds it out of garbage in the shop. I'm, I'm, I think it's funny that you you caught crap an email for the grain not aligning. <laughs> yeah, I did. It's like this. It's made out of scrap. It's think made about from it. scrap. The scrap was that shape. Okay, <laughs> deal with it. But yeah, that's all I'm saying is like don't don't wait. Yeah. Just jump in, take care of it now. You'll find when you start correcting these little problems that places in your house get better and you enjoy being in them more and being in your house more and you feel better about the stuff you do and you taking on and then you take on a little bit bigger project or, or maybe a oh, whole yeah. lot bigger project and oh, yeah. and you're already armed with some of the things that will get you through the next project. You know, it's like, well, I did this over here. This is kind of similar. It's kind of like a box, you know, yeah, all I, I need is a sliding box. It's no problem. You know, I mean, this is, this is all very simple. And there's a couple of things that you can do, you know, around the house. Almost always, there's always something that's annoying. You or just got a stick in your craw and you're just like, you know, I'm going to fix that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Everybody should take the time. That's it. No argument here. <laughs> You got anything else this time, Sean? I think we've rented and went on enough. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm good. All right. Well, we'll see you all next week.